Well, we are continuing our study in 1 Peter, so if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Have you ever been at the store or maybe a restaurant or perhaps one of the worst places is being on an airplane traveling somewhere and somebody has a child that will not behave? Can I see a show of hands? Pretty much everybody's been in that situation, am I right? And you remember it, don't you? Because you're probably like I am many times looking and I'm just thinking like, why will that child not just obey? Just obey. You know, you get the parents up there who are doing something like, all right, 1, 2, 12, 44, 86. You know, they just count and the kid just still will not obey. And I'm thinking like, please, just obey your parents. Well, we all have been in that situation. We know what that's like. But the Apostle Peter uses something of that same sort of analogy in our passage today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. He calls us to be obedient children. I've entitled today's message, A Call to Holiness. He starts out this passage in verse 14. He says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So let's take this passage, these couple of verses here, and drill down and try to understand a little more about what it is that God's Word has to say to us today. The very applicable principles here that I think that we all can understand and that we certainly can apply to our lives. That first phrase there, for instance, as obedient children. Well, he's either implying that we are obedient children and therefore as obedient children we should do what follows. Or he might be insinuating that perhaps we're not obedient children, but we should be. So as obedient children, when I say that phrase, obedient children, what comes to your mind? What do you expect from your own children? Expect them to obey, don't you? You expect them to obey. Solomon, in writing Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, says, My son, keep your father's commandment. Obey what I say. And forsake not your mother's teaching. So Solomon is calling for children to obey. Again, he says in Proverbs 13, verse 1, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. He's calling children to obey. We expect our children to obey. We had this really like crazy concept in our family when our children were were really small. We called it first-time obedience. 
shocking. We didn't count. We just told them what they were supposed to do. We expected them to obey the first time. Not the tenth time, not the fifteenth time. But we expected them to obey the first time. First time obedience. Because we expected our children to obey. Clearly God's word expects children to obey. So we expect that from our children. But what do we expect even from other children? Children of others around us. As I used the illustration before, probably all of us has been in some situation where there was a wayward child who was misbehaving and the parents had lost control and the child wasn't obeying. And probably in those situations we are thinking, please do something with your child. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 there, the Apostle Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. In Colossians 3.20, just like that, says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now this concept of obedience, maybe it's one of those words that we just use all the time and it doesn't have a significant meaning to us, but if you go and actually look at the definition of obedient, it says complying, complying with orders or requests to be submissive to another's will. That's obedience. That's obedience. To be submissive to another's will. So some of the synonyms here, some that may resonate with you, is submissive, pliable, malleable, or yielded. Now I like that one, yielded. And when I came across that in this list of synonyms, it made me think of this old hymn, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. Any of you may be familiar with that old hymn. Some of the lyrics go something like this. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. It calls for us to be like that clay in the hands of a potter. The clay doesn't tell the potter what to do. The clay doesn't tell the potter how they should be. The clay simply is yielded and still in the hands of the potter. And the potter does what he will with that clay. Children, obey your parents for this is right. Children should obey their parents. It's not expecting too much. And we, oftentimes, we expect that of our own children. We certainly expect it of other people's children when they are disobeying and it's causing us some stress and anxiety. And so the fact that we expect it from our own children and we expect it from other children, is it asking too much that God would expect His children, us, be obedient. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, pretty much says the same thing as that old hymn. But now, O Lord, you are 
our Father, because we're His children. O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay, and You are our potter. We are all the work of Your hands. God expects His children to be obedient. God wants obedient children. Don't we all want obedient children? Now, I'd be the first as a father of four to tell you it takes a lot of work. Children don't come out of the womb just being obedient. Let me, let me tell you, they don't. It takes a lot of work. But if it were possible, if you could just put your order in, you know, you fill out some sort of online app or something and say, all the characteristics I would like in a child, no doubt most of us, if not all of us, would probably check the box for obedient. I want a child that comes out of the womb obedient. We all recognize the value, the benefit of having an obedient child. And so does God. God wants obedient children. His Word tells us that it is better to obey than to sacrifice. You see, we all fall into this behavior pattern sometimes where we disobey and then we rationalize it and we just ask for forgiveness. We just say, I'm sorry, right? We, if, we, if we do something wrong and we can get away with it, then great. And if we get caught, we just say we're sorry. Well, that doesn't apply just to children, <laughs> Unfortunately, that applies to adults as well, doesn't it? But God's Word said that it is better to obey in the first place. His preference would be that we would just obey. It would be better that we obey than to disobey and then turn around and make a sacrifice. Say, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness. It's far better that we just obey in the first place. We see this principle borne out in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 22. There the prophet Samuel was speaking to King Saul, and he says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. It's better to just do what God said in the first place than to not do what He said and then turn around and offer a sacrifice and ask for forgiveness. We rejoice in being a child of God. And so we should. It's reason to rejoice. The song that we sang just a few moments ago, No Longer Slaves. The lyrics in that song portray the, the value, the excitement, the enthusiasm of being a child of God. And all of us sing that song. We say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We've been liberated from our bondage. We're the sons and the daughters. Let us sing of our freedom. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drowned my fears in perfect love. You rescued me, and I will stand and sing, I am a child of God. And so we rejoice in being a child of God. 
but to claim the victory and to celebrate the adoption as sons and daughters assumes obedience to God. You see, God doesn't want to adopt us as children and us all go around saying, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, and not be willing to obey. Yes, God is willing to adopt us, to call us His sons and daughters, but as any good father, as any good parent, he calls us to obedience. He calls us to be obedient children, not just children who will take what he's given us and celebrate all that he's done for us and then ignore his word and not obey what he says. He is our father and we should rejoice in that. And be thankful that we have been adopted into His family. And to be proud and excited to say, He is my Father. But how sacrilegious to say He is my Father and then turn and live a life of our own totally disregarding what His Word has to say to us. Peter in our passage this morning calls us to be obedient children as Obedient children. God, indeed, has chosen His children. But we decide if we are going to be obedient children. He goes on in our passage this morning and says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. And so in this context, he's giving us some insight about, well, what is it to be obedient children? So as obedient children, then this is what you're to do. This is how you are to live. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. In essence, we should not just go on living our lives the way we did before we were saved. If you've been redeemed and you know the salvation of God through Jesus Christ, then your life should be different. Your mind should be different. Your heart should be different. How you live your life should be different. Should no longer be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We should live differently. The book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. For many of us, our life before Christ was much like that. Foolish, disobedient, lovers of pleasure and passions. Before we were saved. Each of us was captive. We were captive. We were slaves in a kingdom of darkness, bound by our own sin. We were under the control of Satan, and we gave in to him. He was our Lord. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 there. It says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, the spirit of the one who is at work in those around us in this world who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, is the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. So what's different? There should be a lot of difference. Because God has redeemed us. God has given us a choice that we no longer have to live in fear. We no longer have to live in bondage. We no longer have to reside in the kingdom of darkness. God has given us a way out. And if we choose to take that way out, if we choose to call upon His grace and His mercy, if we choose to accept the invitation to be sons and daughters of God, then we should never go back to living the way we were. We should no longer submit ourselves to the kingdom of darkness. We should no longer submit ourselves to the spirit that is at work in the hearts and minds of the world. God has redeemed us. We no longer have to be slaves of our own sin and passions. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. If you've been redeemed, if you've been saved, and you've been set free, then let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but instead present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Do you see the contrast there? The way you were once, the way you were before, the way you were when you were under the influence and the control of the kingdom of darkness, and the prince of darkness, your life should be different. You now, as a child of God, should present your members to God. You should present your body to God. You should present your resources to God. You should present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members, your body, your resources, your life to God as instruments of righteousness. God is not just looking for children. God is looking for obedient children. God has adopted us as His children. But He calls us to be holy. As He is holy. Remember, He is God. He is the potter and we are the clay. Is He asking too much? Is He demanding too much that we should be holy as He is holy? 
Well, certainly not, because were it not for Him, we wouldn't be here in the first place. We wouldn't have the breath of life. God created us. He's extended an invitation that we might be adopted as His children. But He's not just looking for children of wrath. He's not looking for children who are going to be disobedient. He's looking for children who will be obedient children. And He has called us to be holy as He is holy. We see this in our text this morning. Verse 15 says, But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. I fear that this idea, this concept of holiness of God has gotten so watered down in our culture and even in our churches that we've really, in many respects, have lost an appreciation for just exactly what it means to be holy. Just exactly what it means for God to be holy. Perhaps that's a sermon for another day, but God's Word is very clear that He is holy. Not just kind of holy, not just a little bit holy, but He defines the concept of holiness. God is the ultimate holy. There are many examples, but one that comes to mind is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, where we see heaven. John has been afforded the opportunity to have a view into heaven, even to the very throne of God. And so he writes in Revelation and says, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. God is holy. He's called us to be holy as He is holy. He's called us to be His children, but He's called us to be like Him. He wants people to look at our lives and say, there goes a child of God. Not because we could earn our salvation by living a right life, but because others should see Jesus in us as we live a right life. He's called us to be holy. God wants us to be His children. He wants us to be His obedient children. He wants us to live holy and righteous lives. That should be part of our goal. It should be part of our desire. You know, there's not many things that are more rewarding than to have a child tell a parent, I want to be just like you, Daddy, when I grow up. I want to be just like you. Isn't that what God is saying? I want you to be my child. I want to adopt you. I want you to be a part of my family. But I am holy, and I want you to be just like me. I want you to be holy. I want you to live a righteous life. I want you to read my word and learn my word and follow my word. Folks, how are we going to live a righteous life? How are we going to obey God's word if we don't know God's word? 
And how are we going to know God's Word if we don't read it? He has called us to a life of righteousness, and that righteousness is lived out as we obey His Word. God has called us to be holy, for He is holy. And we should strive, strive to rid ourselves of sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can never, this side of glory, be perfect. So hear what I'm saying this morning. I'm not saying that you've somehow got to be perfect, because you never will be. Not until we reach heaven will we be perfect. But we should at least try. We should at least try to read His Word. We should at least try to obey His Word. We should make that our goal. We should make that our desire. God wants obedient children, and therefore, out of a love for Him, we should seek to obey Him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And so out of a love for Christ, out of a love for God the Father, we should seek to obey Him. Not because we have to, not as a a burden, but we should want to make the heart of God glad as we seek to be holy as He is holy. As we seek to live a righteous life, we should do it out of love. And recognizing that we cannot do it in and of ourselves. But the only way that we can even have any success in this area of living a righteous life, it is going to be through the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. But He does give us clear instruction. He says that we should not be conformed to this world. There should be a difference. There should be a difference that is evident by our efforts to live a righteous life based upon God's Word. We do not become righteous by doing works, but there should be evidence of righteousness in our life because of our works. Our lives should be different. Not just like the world People should be able to look into our lives and see a difference, that there is something different about our life. There is something different about the way we live our life, about the way that we handle the stresses, about the way we handle conflicts, about the way we handle our relationships and the way we handle our money. People should see a difference in our life. We should not just be like the world. He says we should not be conformed to this world. Those who've been redeemed are the church. Those who have come into a personal relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are the church. And God wants His church to be holy. We all here at Westside know what makes up the church. Is it the building? No. It's us. It's the people that make up the church. We could meet anywhere and still be the church. And so God has called His church to be holy. Well, if He's called His church to be holy and the church is made up of people, then what must He call the people to be? Holy. He calls us as His children, as His church, 
to be holy. The Apostle Paul writes of this in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 25 there. He says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. God has called us to be holy as He is holy. And if you call yourself a child of God, then you should be mindful of how you live your life. How disrespectful is it to call yourself a child of God and then live like a child of the devil? If you're not going to obey Him, then just don't call yourself a child of God. If you want to celebrate, you want to claim all the promises of the child of God, then obey. Be obedient, children. I feel like all my illustrations this morning are songs, but it just works out that way sometimes. There's a song that I guess is pretty popular in the country music arena. A woman named Miranda Lambert. She has a song entitled Heart Like Mine. Now it mentions Jesus, so she must be a Christian. That's a joke. Um, <clears throat> I say that tongue-in-cheek because I've actually had people tell me that. that uh, you know, they heard a song and the person mentioned Jesus, so they must be a Christian. But uh, <clears throat> So in this song, Heart Like Mine, this, this is what she says. I ain't the kind you take home to mama. I ain't the kind to wear no ring. Somehow I always get stronger when I'm on my second drink. Even though I hate to admit it, sometimes I smoke cigarettes. The Christian folks, they say I should quit, and I just smile and say God bless. Because I heard Jesus, he drank wine, and I bet we'd get along just fine. He could calm a storm and heal the blind, and I bet he'd understand a heart like mine. These are the days that I will remember when my name's called on a roll. He'll meet me with two long-stemmed glasses and make a toast to me coming home. Now from the words of that song, do you think that Miss Lambert has a good understanding of the holiness of God? Do you think that she would understand the principle that the Apostle Peter presents to us today as he says that we should not be conformed to this world, but that we should be obedient children and that we should be holy as God is holy, that if we're going to call ourselves children of God, that we no longer live by our own rules, but we live according 
to his word. She says, I bet he'd understand a heart like mine. Well, no doubt he would. But I don't think he'd be pleased. He might understand it, but I don't think he'd like it. God calls us to be holy, for He is holy. He calls His church to be holy. He calls the people that make up His church to live righteous lives and to therefore be holy. Striving always, perhaps never achieving perfection, but striving nonetheless to be holy, to be righteous, to live according to His Word. As we look into His Word, it is always revealing more and more things about who we are in Christ, who we should be, how we should live our lives. And so we should always be learning and we should always be seeking to conform our lives more and more. As He reveals more to us in His Word, we should say, oh, there's an area that I didn't realize. There's an area that I fall short. There's an area that I'm weak in. I need to improve in that area. I need to work and strive to be more righteous in that area. For He has called us to be holy as He is holy. Colossians chapter 1 says, You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He is now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death. That's all of us, isn't it? All who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he goes on, verse 22, he says, He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. He has reconciled us. Here's the best part. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. He recognizes that we in our flesh are going to be obedient to the devil, that we are going to be sinful. Those who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. But it says that he has reconciled us through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. He bought us back from the kingdom of darkness. He set us free from our sin in order to present us holy and blameless and above reproach. He calls us to be holy as He is holy. Well, we've covered some ground this morning. So I'll bring your attention back to our text. Apostle Peter says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. We want to be children of God. We all want to celebrate and embrace the benefits of being a child of God. We want to rejoice in that. We want to claim the position and the authority and the blessings of being a child of God. But God wants obedient children just like we do 
He wants children that will obey His Word. He's called us to be holy as He is holy. Not to be like the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love for us. Father, it can be a tough love. Father, you call us to obedience. You call us to holiness and righteousness for you are holy. And Father, you want what is best for us. As any earthly father, we we try to teach our children what is right. Not just for the sake of doing what is right, but Father, because it is best for them. Father, we want them to grow into healthy, mature adults. And so it is with you that as you teach us your principles, you want us to grow into spiritually healthy, mature Christians. But Father, when you teach us and we hear your word and we understand your word and yet we choose not to do it, We are simply disobedient children. Father, you've called us to holiness, for you are holy. And we can rejoice, we can sing and celebrate your holiness. We can rejoice and we can sing and claim the promises of being a child of God. But Father, we must recognize That there's more to being a child of God than just the benefits and the promises. You want us to be your children, but you want us to be obedient children. So I lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.